Hi, I'm Alex Neufeld, and welcome to the Youth Employment Services Manitoba Job Pod. Good morning, afternoon, or night, whoever you are, wherever you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this. My name is Alexandra Neufeld. I am the Communications and Special Projects Manager with Youth Employment Services Manitoba, and I am currently in charge of this podcast. Alexander Ferrer and Jasmine Gelling have both moved on to other projects, so I will be your host here for the next couple of months. Today, we're going to get to know ourselves and each other a little bit better. So, here are a couple of things about me. I like scary movies. I'm a prolific baker. I'm an Aquarius. My first job was as a camp counselor. My worst job I don't think I've had yet. Most of my bosses have been pretty good, and as I'm going to mention, talking negatively about your former bosses on any kind of public media is usually not a great idea. We're going to circle back to that. Anyways, I've also done a lot of work around language and communication, from internal stuff to external and social media communications to journalism and editing. As the Communications and Special Projects Manager here, I'm going to give you some advice and guidelines for navigating some of the tricky dynamics around social media and job searching and employability in general. Now, despite what you might have heard, developing a social media presence can help your career in really positive ways. And this is not just true of really professional, polished posting. I know people in my personal life who have gotten jobs specifically because they post really political, critical things. There are absolutely jobs where that is rewarded. That is not true of all jobs, though, and it's important to have realistic expectations about how a potential employer might look at your social media feeds. Sometimes they will Google you, and they might not like what they see, and they might take that into account even when it's not really fair for them to do that. To be totally clear, I don't think that it's good that employers do this. I don't think that it's reasonable or ethical to expect employees to behave the same way off the clock as they do when they're on it. I think that that's a pretty slippery slope to go down, and it's kind of legally dubious. The Harvard Business Review recently released an article about a study that found that even when HR professionals are trained to be aware of their bias when looking at social media, if they take social media into consideration, the hiring results tend to reflect bias judgment based on things that they legally cannot take into account when hiring someone. Things like race, religion, marital status, stuff like that. It gives access to all of that information that they wouldn't have otherwise. In Europe, there are actually laws about how if employers are going to take social media into consideration, they have to notify applicants, and there are a lot more protections for applicants from bias that is facilitated through social media monitoring. But we don't have laws like that in Canada, and statistically we know that hiring managers do tend to do some social media stalking of job applicants. So... I'm going to do my best to equip you with some tools to kind of mitigate that. I have also dealt with the consequences of having an easily locatable online footprint personally. While I don't post a lot of hot takes on the internet these days, I have worked in news journalism for the past four years, and all news is political. I'm certain that the politics that people project onto my reporting has probably helped certain job applications of mine. I have also had a potential employer explicitly tell me that they would not be going forward with my candidacy because of an article I had written. That's fine, and I think there can be a very useful power in asserting your values over social media to ensure that you don't end up in a job serving a boss who really despises your personal values. It's just, for me personally, speaking truth to power is worth losing a job over, but my ongoing fight with my cousin is not, you know? In general, if I'm going to give you social media advice, I think that the first thing that we should always be prioritizing is your ability to control your image and your ability to control who is seeing that image and how it's being distributed. 
Second, we want to prioritize your ability to use platforms as you would like to and as you need to and ensure that you're still able to do the things that you want to do. We want to ensure that you're able to still have digital community space and still be able to use apps and websites in ways that work best for you. And then after that, we can look at building a professional image or an influencer image or an industry influencer image and stuff like that. We know that hiring managers overwhelmingly look at social media and sometimes even value information from social media over information in job applications. We know that that is unethical, but a reality of job searching these days. And aiming for professionalism often means trying to appease the most reactionary impulses of people who are white, straight, cis, able-bodied, and often men. And doing that often means editing parts of our identities for public consumption. This is not a celebration of that, but a guide to doing that while still maintaining some of your online social space and hopefully some of your sense of self. I think the most effective way to do this is to have completely different social media presences for your work persona and the person who you are off the clock. There's a few ways that you can cultivate these distinct online spaces and present yourself professionally to potential bosses. I'm going to start off with some general characteristics of a employer-friendly social media feed and give you a little bit of general advice for what it looks like to curate such a feed over time. This is probably most applicable to Facebook and LinkedIn, but depending on your industry and what kind of online presence you have overall, it might also include Instagram and TikTok, even YouTube, any platform that you're active on and using your own name. For a lot of employers, a professional social media account is one in which there is no spelling or grammar errors by the standards of a dictionary understanding of the English language. Obviously, this is the kind of unstated and often enforced rule that biases pretty heavily against people who post using African-American vernacular English or using other cultural dialects, also against people who are maybe new English speakers. That this is a thing that I have to mention is, it's awful, and I wish employers didn't do this. Also, this is one thing of many that employers might be looking for. It doesn't necessarily disqualify you automatically, so you don't have to immediately go through and, you know, delete all of your posts and, you know, sever all of your relationships and stuff like that. It's just sort of, I don't know, something to be aware of, something to consider. We are going to discuss how you can cultivate digital spaces where you can speak however you want and in whatever, you know, tone and dialect you want. On your employer-facing accounts, you're also going to want to avoid posting about personal drama. This has the added bonus of also making your personal life a little bit less complicated, hopefully. Major life updates are fine, of course, but try to keep things pretty colloquial if there is friction going on in your friend groups or in your family. Avoid posting under the influence of drugs or alcohol, and also avoid posting about drugs or alcohol unless it is relevant to your feel. Obviously, if you're a bartender, you might want to show off a championship drink that you made at the bartending Olympics. I don't know. Maybe you work in a cannabis store and want to post about new products or something. That's going to probably be fine, though there are probably still going to be some employers that are going to find it off-putting. But uh, you want to especially avoid posting well drunk or well high or posting footage of you being drunk or high and doing goofy things. This might sound obvious, but avoid being mean. 
Avoid being mean to your family members or friends online. Avoid posting too many complaints under your real name. Employers might look for this and make judgments about your personality, and it can be a disqualifying factor. This might also sound obvious, but do not post about and do not post footage of you doing anything illegal. This doubles as legal advice as well as employment advice. You should also avoid posting during work on your employer-facing accounts. If employers can look on your resume and assume that you are working during certain hours and they see that you've been posting during that time, they are more likely to assume that you aren't paying attention on the job than that you're posting during your breaks. And they will project things about you and your work ethic from that. So if you are working at a job with a lax social media policy or one where you spend a lot of time alone and are able to scroll down your various timelines, you might want to have an alternate account to do that on. Professionalism often involves a degree of toxic positivity, and this means that you should avoid criticizing your current or former places of employment on social media accounts that you are expecting employers to look at. I would say that the only exception to this is if a former place of employment is really undergoing a super newsworthy, high-profile investigation into working conditions. Absolutely tell your truth. And if a certain amount of time has passed since working at your former place of employment, that also gives you a little bit more leeway. There are still going to be employers that will see any negative discussion of former workplaces as a liability that you aren't going to be loyal to them or whatever. I don't think that you want to be working at a place like that anyways, but it is something to be aware of and something you might want to be careful of for legal reasons as well. So I would also suggest keeping that mostly to a side account, again, unless it's a really major newsworthy situation. If your workplace is not already unionized, you're going to want to avoid posting about unionization or organizing your workplace on any employer-facing social media accounts. Obviously nowadays, especially in the COVID world, a lot of workplace organizing ends up happening through channels outside of being in person in the workplace, and that might include social media organizing, but it is still the sort of thing that can put a target on your back at work. And if your boss suspects that you are trying to organize your workplace, there is a pretty decent chance that they will try to find some reason to fire you. On a somewhat related note, you don't have to completely avoid posting anything that is political or has to do with your religion or your identity or your values. I think a lot of bosses like to think that they're pretty chill about that. There will be some that will still not hire you because of those things, and that might be fine with you, and I think that it's fine for you to decide that you're going to assert this part of your values or your identity to ensure that you are being hired in a workplace that is at least on some level friendly or interested in being friendly towards you. I think it's just something where you should be aware that that is something that some bosses might consider a liability or something they can profit off of. I think that the more work experience that you get, the more that you'll get a sense of what your comfort is with how you want your identity to be expressed in your workplace environment. I just think that in the early stages of your career, that can be kind of a difficult thing to figure out. So make sure that you're putting some thought into that and taking it into consideration when you're posting. Now, those are the main do's and don'ts in terms of content, but I want to pivot and talk a little bit about what it looks like to have a sort of suite of accounts that manage both your private and professional life, and also talk a bit about what it looks like to manage those accounts. 
I would recommend creating space for your family and friend groups on Discord servers or WhatsApp chats or any other platform that allows you to curate a kind of private space so that you can post in a way that works best for you and your community without that being super visible to your employer. Not that everything that goes on in those chats is going to be a liability, but I think it can just help you to feel a bit more secure with the knowledge that that's happening in a space that is protected. Shifting those relationships from a very public platform to something a bit more private might feel a little bit weird at first, like you're doing it out of shame, but it really has more to do with data security and privacy and the ability to carry on a relationship on your terms as much as possible. The exact accounts that you'll want to have employer-facing are going to depend a lot on what industry you're in and what kind of work you're doing. It's going to be different if you've been working in the trades or hospitality or an office. I would recommend getting a LinkedIn account and updating it between jobs. That's what I've been doing for the past couple of years. Just try to keep that information relatively current and relatively accurate to the kind of career that you're trying to pursue and keep track of your connections to previous workplaces, to repeat customers, grow your professional web a little bit. And having a locatable Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter profile is usually a good idea. Unless you are pursuing a career in social media, I would probably not recommend having a TikTok that is really easily findable, just because the privacy policies on that app are kind of non-existent, and it's not like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram are great for that either, but most bosses are probably more likely to look at those before TikTok, so having some kind of puppet profile at least is helpful there. Whereas with TikTok, I would recommend obscuring your face or your voice, not having your public name as part of your account. I think for most people, it probably makes sense for that to be an account that you use more anonymously. And I'm going to get into what anonymous accounts look like, but I just wanted to also quickly touch on if you're looking at starting a career in which you become a micro-influencer, whether that is self-employed on YouTube or TikTok or Twitch, or If you get hired to become an influencer by a brand or to run their social media and be kind of the face of the company, you just want to make sure that you are able to still control your online footprint and your online presence as much as possible. To some extent, this even applies to things like taking staff photos or being part of the social media for an office job or a restaurant job or something else like that. Remember that you are ultimately in charge of your digital presence, and you are always within your rights to say, I would rather not have my photo up on the company website or on the company social media, or I don't want to friend my coworkers or my boss on my personal accounts. That's a completely reasonable boundary to draw, and it's always within your rights to try to assert those boundaries. You might have difficulty doing that on certain platforms, so that's also maybe something to consider in terms of which accounts you have employer-facing and which ones you use more personally. Staff photos and stuff aren't usually going to be, you know, a huge liability for your career in the long run or anything, but it is another example of an instance in which you are allowed to assert your rights to privacy and control over your image. This whole process of working on your social media can be quite frustrating because If you spend any amount of time on LinkedIn, or if you happen to already be connected with a boss or potential employer on a different social media page, they might not adhere to the same standards of professionalism that they are expecting you to adhere to. And so that can be a little bit irritating. It can be very hypocritical. 
There's not really a great solution that I can offer you on that one. Perhaps at some point we'll do an episode about dealing with terrible bosses or bosses that are doing really offensive things where you don't maybe have a a really clear option for who to go to for recourse on that. This is yet another reason why it can be handy to have an account where you can post freely and where you can complain about things and talk publicly about the stuff that might get you in trouble if your boss was aware that it was connected to you. I'm sure I've already said this a couple of times, but I just wanted to reiterate, whenever you're looking for work, you should keep any accounts that are connected with your name private or locked or otherwise not accessible, otherwise with, you know, enhanced privacy settings. It's just, it's a good habit to get into, and it does make it a little bit more difficult for your potential employers to potentially hold information on that account against you. I can give you tons of guidelines on things that I know employers tend to look for, but you never know if some HR person is going to look at your account and see something that just arbitrarily ticks off their own personal tastes. Maybe they'll judge you on your breed of dog or the restaurant that you went to for a date or you know, something arbitrary like that, that they won't consciously take into account, but that will impact their judgment about you. So now that we have established a couple of general rules for professionalism in social media, we can talk through a couple different scenarios for handling your social media as it stands currently if there are any issues, how we can address it, and how we can pivot any accounts that need to be pivoted moving forward. We're going to start off with a little bit of a digital footprint audit, if you will. To start off with, look up your name on a search engine or two. Different search engines have different algorithms, so it's good to check a couple. Get a sense of what's out there. What are your employers likely to see? Do they find your pages pretty easily? Are there other people with the same name as you who come up? If there are a lot of people with your name, you might have to get pretty specific about where you live or what kind of stuff you do to find yourself online. Maybe there's a micro-celebrity in another country who has the same name as you, and they come up when people Google you. Is there absolutely nothing that comes up? How much of you is there, and how does it reflect on you? Get a sense of what's out there, and from there we'll talk through a couple of different ways to address any sort of problem situations. A search is typically the extent of NHR employees' investigative efforts. They might follow up on any specific leads that they find, but they're not going to generally be doing a super duper deep dive. So I'm not going to touch on too many tricks for like really, really deep cleaning your online presence. And because it is often the extent of their search, it's good to keep an eye on what's coming up for you and check this every couple months or so, or even just as long as you are job searching, check in and see if anything has changed. To start off with, let's talk through what you can do in a scenario in which there is a lot of stuff online that is easily traced back to you and it is not stuff that you want your boss to look at. Maybe it's stuff that goes against some of the recommendations that we talked about earlier. Maybe it's just stuff that you feel self-conscious about or things that are a couple of years old and you feel embarrassed about. A situation in which we need to do a pretty major cleanup. People tend to think that they have a lot of control over the content that they've posted and that they can take it down whenever they want. And while that was true a couple of years ago, it's really not true now and it's not something that you can reliably assume is going to be true in the future. A lot of social media sites will lobby governments to decrease the security and privacy legislation. And then when they make those changes to mine more data from their users, they don't always explain that really well. And so it might actually be pretty tricky to completely scrub off something that you don't want online anymore. 
Well, if there's something up right now that you want to take down, we should get on that right away. To start off with, turn that page on to private, activate as many protection measures as you're able to. This will stop it from getting as much search engine traction, and it will give us some time to assess the situation. Now you're going to have to assess the account and the way that you're using it and the relationships that you've built on it and make a decision. Is this an account that I want to continue to use to post whatever, or is it something that I want to be a little bit more employer-facing? If you want to keep it public, you're going to have to really clean it up. I would recommend just doing a mass delete of posts, keep the account private for a couple of months, and hopefully the search engines will stop grabbing these old posts whenever it comes up. Once the search engines stop grabbing these old posts, you can upload some tidier content, keep everything super professional, and turn it public again. From here, you'll want to probably just not post on it a whole lot anymore, or just less and maybe a little bit more self-consciously than you were posting before. If you would like to keep this account more anonymous and have it still be a place where you can post whatever you want to, you're going to want to still keep it private for a couple of months just so that search engines stop associating it with your name, and you should take down any photos where your face is not obscured. Maybe you can keep up a Halloween costume or something where you have super heavy makeup on. Some search engines are very good at facial tracking, so it is something to be careful of. And remember to change your username and your account's URL if that's a separate thing. Your goal here is to divorce this page from your real identity as much as possible. So that includes names, obvious nicknames, photos of yourself, details about former workplaces, if that's something that you've got on there. There are, of course, details that you don't have to scrub, details that your friends and family would know, but that an employer wouldn't know. Things like a nickname that is maybe a bit less obvious or that's more of an inside joke, a favorite Starbucks drink or Pokemon or something like that. This is still a place for things that you're passionate about and that are important to you. You don't have to take out all slivers of your personality. Eventually, you will get to a place where this account is able to straddle the line between public and private, where you're able to be honest and open with the general public without it being directly connected to you in a way that would be obvious to your boss. Now, let's examine another scenario. Let's say that you look yourself up and there is nothing there. Maybe you've been completely off of social media and you've never been a part of something that would put your name on the internet in connection with an activity or an extracurricular or something like that. Maybe your social media accounts are already effectively anonymous in the way that I described earlier. In a somewhat related scenario, perhaps they Google you and someone else comes up who has the same name as you but is doing different things, maybe in a different city. This is an advantageous position to be in in terms of privacy. However, there are also bosses who will project weird things onto you if there is nothing there. They might find it strange that they can't find any trace of you as a person. I don't love this either because, again, employees should not be forced to perform for their employers outside of working hours, but this position is a little bit easier to manage. It can be helpful to have accounts that have your name, maybe what city you're based out of, some defining details about you, maybe a photograph, maybe, and just have those as private or relatively empty accounts that just say, this is who I am, this is where I'm working, this just exists so that no one can impersonate me. I have a Twitter account like this because there's another Alexandra Neufeld who works in Montreal. And this sort of just creates a front so that when they are Googling you, they can still sort of put a face to a name or get a sense that you are real and exist without being able to do a super deep dive on your social media history. Just make sure that your password is pretty secure on them. You don't really have to use these accounts regularly. They're really just there to give an appearance to you. 
For most people, this is how you'll use your LinkedIn account. You might also have a Facebook account like this, potentially an Instagram, and depending on your industry, maybe a TikTok. Now, perhaps you Google yourself and you feel pretty good about what you see. You feel pretty confident about the posting that you've done on your accounts, that this aligns with your values, that it's not going to be anything that an employer is going to view negatively, or at least not any employer that you want to work for, and you are feeling good. I would still recommend activating some privacy settings while looking for jobs actively, just to keep things on the safe side. As mentioned, sometimes employers will nitpick for random little details, so it doesn't hurt, and it's a good habit to get into. I imagine that for most of our clients, you'll probably fall into one of those experiences or somewhere in between them. Maybe your account is mostly good, but you have a couple of posts that you need to delete and go on the down low for a little bit. Maybe your account is less professional than you would like it to be, but it doesn't seem like you're going to have to jettison the whole thing from your public identity. There is one other situation that we should maybe discuss, and that is if someone is hosting unprofessional images of you without your consent, or otherwise hosting content of you that you would like to get taken down but are having a difficult time dealing with. Or maybe there's something really high profile that makes it really difficult for you to manage your online image if you've been in the news for some reason. You can complain to platform hosts and you can contact the police. To a large extent, those routes tend to be pretty difficult. So I would recommend still being pretty cautious. I don't know if you've ever tried to get in contact with Facebook's support team, but it is almost impossible. And law enforcement doesn't always have a lot of authority over these platforms or a lot of power to make them do things either. So your best bet is probably to just be pretty cautious in general. And if you're dealing with a really difficult situation, we can do our best to help you out. If you're dealing with those issues, or maybe you've had an issue with cyber stalking in the past, and so everything is pretty locked down and you have no online presence intentionally, that's totally understandable. And if you know that your employer is going to be looking at social media, you can give them a heads up about that. I don't know that I would volunteer that information unless asked about it specifically, but if there is something that's really sort of like bizarre about your personal image or something like that, you do have the option to let them know. I think it's just that you also don't want to draw unnecessary attention to it if it's something that's probably not going to come up. So it's kind of a case by case basis judgment call. If you are a teenager and there is sexually explicit images of you on the internet, you can go to needhelpnow.ca. That's N-E-E-D-H-E-L-P-N-O-W dot C-A. They can provide some assistance with getting those photos down. You can also talk to law enforcement if it is a sexually explicit image of you. As mentioned, it is the kind of thing which is illegal, but not something that a lot of agencies can necessarily enforce effectively. Because employers often aren't doing a super duper deep and thorough investigation, you can also just try to post enough more recent stuff to just sort of cover up the old stuff that you're maybe embarrassed about or that you don't want them to see. That's a strategy that might take a couple of months to a couple of years to do effectively, but it's also a way to manage this situation. As part of my journalism training, I took a course on investigative cyber journalism, and I I can tell you that for a lot of content, there is no way to effectively entirely remove it. But something that you should also always remember with any of this advice is that employers are not usually investigative cyber journalists. So you don't have to let this completely rule your life or rule the way that you interact with social media. Just try to keep an eye on things, keep things relatively clean if it's at a level where your employer is likely to run into it. 
use your web smarts and go get hired. The Job Pod is a production of Youth Employment Services Manitoba. This episode was written and produced by me, Alex Neufeld. Our intro and outro music is by Nathan Crow. You can get help from Youth Employment Services Manitoba if you are between the ages of 16 and 29 and have a SIN number. If you would like to register with YES, you can do so by emailing reception at youthemploymentservices.ca or calling 204-987-8661. We also have an online registration form if you would like to register there. Good luck cleaning up your online footprint and getting hired. Thanks for listening.